Father, this morning I pray that you would find our hearts thankful. Um, we find our hearts focused on you. Father, I pray that uh, if there is some distraction, uh, things that are going on. I know I've had plenty this week. I pray for this body. Uh, but right now, Father, you would draw our hearts, our ears, our eyes to you. Uh, that your word would bring you into clear view. Uh, Father, that uh, you would be revealed in that. Father, I pray that I would deliver your word uh, by your grace. And Father, that in this body, um, we would be changed today uh, in a way that honors and glorifies you. We give this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Silence is sometimes awkward, isn't it? But sometimes it's really, I think for a mother who's got a lot of screaming kids, sometimes silence is <laughs> needed and helpful. I know a lot of times when I'm distracted and I've got a lot of things going on, I, I need some time. I, I pray that uh, that time was helpful. Um, Ephesians chapter 1, letter to the Ephesians. This is a place that uh, in our Bible study, and I think there's another Bible study that's been studying this, but our Bible study last year, we uh, spent time there and actually finished up sometime this year. But um, um, Ephesians chapter 1 is um, God's purpose and plan on display. Um, it tells us and teaches us of some really foundational things. Um, last week, as Scott was sharing about uh, the ark, and if you're in the ark, you're alive, and if you're not, you're dead. And the picture of that being Christ, and um, Scott mentioned a little bit about what it means to be in Christ, and we're going to get a really clear picture here in Ephesians this morning as we walk through the scripture. And I, this is one of those things that I've spent a lot of time in Ephesians and, and just reading through this. And every time there's more, you feel like there's this big, huge um, picture of God. And it sends you all over the place and the other places in the Word, things that it alludes to, things it talks about. And I pray that this morning that you're going to hang with me as we, we do some of that. But let's read through verses 14 this morning. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, 
making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven, and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. Paul was familiar with the, the church in Ephesus. He had spent a good bit of time there. On his third missionary journey, he actually spent a couple of years in pretty intense discipleship and another year really just in, in ministering in the region. And one of the first things, one of the first questions that he asked when he got to Ephesus was, do you have the Holy Spirit? These were the disciples at Ephesus. He says, do you have the Holy Spirit? And we're like, what is that? We don't know what that is. And he says, well, who are you baptized into? And they said, John. You know, John the Baptist being the forerunner. And he said, well, Christ is the one you need to follow. You need to be baptized in Christ. So one of the first things Paul is doing when he reaches Ephesus is what? He's taking disciples and he's going to guide them to truth that's so important there are so it, Paul's charge to the elders as he was leaving Ephesus was to guard the flock so it's essential uh, this morning there's there is text here in Ephesians that uh, can be very difficult to deliver in our culture in our time uh, when we're counting on ourselves. But I pray this morning as we walk through Scripture here, we're going to get a sense for the truth of God. We're going to get a sense of God in eternity. A sense of God's plan and purpose in eternity. This letter was most likely intended to be sent to the church in Ephesus and also the region. But Paul greets with his name, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. Paul's already teaching. And we'll see it in some other texts we'll read. But Paul's saying, I am who I am by the will of God. Not my own. Which if you know his conversion experience, you understand why Paul will bring that up every time. By the will of God. To the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. This is kind of a common citation to common greeting. But it was interesting to me when he says, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. There's two things going on, or it seems like it. You know, it's like in Scripture. You have a point of view, and it seems to be saying this, another point of view saying this. In this place, it says, saints is who he's talking to. But they're also, and, and are faithful in, in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? Aren't saints faithful in Christ Jesus? Isn't that the same thing? 
Is he commending them for being faithful in Christ Jesus? Is he making a distinction? I'm only sending this to the letter, the less letter to those who are faithful in Christ Jesus. I think he's teaching to the saints who are faithful in Christ Jesus. You have to understand this time in Ephesus, Paul's warning to the elders, Paul's question when he got there. There's a lot of things out there for us to place our trust in. The truth gets distorted. What is the truth? truth of God. Why am I making a big deal about the greeting? I pray today, just like our time of offering, I pray today is going to be a day of worship. We're going to worship this word, this God that's in this word, this Christ who we're going to see clearly is our righteousness. To the saints who are in Ephesus, saints, what does that mean? The word is holy ones. The ones that are set apart. So the saints are those who are set apart for God. And those who are faithful in Christ. I had a conversation with Scott. I firmly believe I am in Christ. And I know there are days I'm not faithful. Maybe it doesn't go hand in hand. Maybe he is making a distinction. Maybe it is something we need to consider. But it's, it's commendable. It is a distinction. And we need to find our identity in Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Very common. It's almost every letter Paul writes. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want to just pass it over either. Grace to you and peace from our God. Who's our peace? Where is he from? God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He's teaching. They're one. These are people that Paul has spent time with. He spent a couple of years. You can read in Acts chapter 19 and 20 some of the account of that. That's probably one of those things that would be good for you to do this week. Things that Paul encountered. He got into some heavy discipleship. And there were those who argued and... Did he argue back? No. He went on to the next place. When I bring that up, truth is truth. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Paul, as we know from the text, is fixing to lay out the blessings of being in Christ. And he's going to place a focus on God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Spiritual blessing. 
every spiritual blessing in Christ. We're going to see what those are. But every spiritual blessing. What's, the, what, what's significant about a spiritual blessing? How is it different from some other blessing? Why does Paul make that distinction here? These blessings are going to apply to what? Our spiritual lives. And I know y'all are hearing that and you're like, duh. Spiritual blessings. The thought occurred to me that if I put out there on a board, I am going to present... Give away today the spiritual blessings of being in Christ. How many people would even look at the sign? But if I said, I'm going to give away a car, I'm going to give away a house, I'm going to give away all these physical things, I wonder how many people would show up. Paul's asking us, he's teaching I believe Paul, God, in his letter to the Ephesians that Paul has penned, wants us to see him and Christ fully. God's purpose and plan in spiritual things. The spiritual blessings that are in Christ. How often do you hear about the spiritual blessings that are in Christ? In the same manner you hear about the physical blessings. You don't have to go far. You just flip your TV on. I'm not going to bash anybody, but you hear it. And before you think, yeah, those guys, they're always doing that, think about your own life. Think about how you walk every day, what you're in pursuit of. When I read through that this week, like I do every time, I'm laid open. What do I spend my time and my energy, most of it, pursuing? Do I say, I'm just going to, you know, I've got to spend this time over in the material world on the fleshly things and doing all this for a little while so I can get to my spiritual things? They're not supposed to be separate. In fact, a physical blessing should just be that. I know I've talked about a generation that seems to be, think that you know, they're just entitled to certain things. It's no different than myself. These spiritual blessings are possessed in only one way. In one person. In Christ. And as much as we are in Christ, these spiritual blessings are ours. That's what he's saying here. God has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. What does that mean? Heavenly places. I don't even know if we consider that very often. We're down here on the earth. You know, most of our time, most of the things we do are right here. 
This has eternal significance in Christ. It has heavenly significance. If we understand that these are these blessings are given in Christ, then what is the obvious question? How do we get them? Because if it were a list of physical things, if it was a car or a house or seven-day vacation on the sign what would you want to know how do I get those how do I get those the first spiritual blessing that we receive in in Christ answers that it's not exactly the answer we want to hear Some of us, all of us, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Who, who chose us in him? God chose us in who? Him. Him is who? Christ. So, even as God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world, when? Before the foundation of the world. What is Paul doing in this letter? What is God doing in this Paul, in this letter that Paul wrote? He's going to lay out his plan. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Who do we say the Word is there? Christ. So not only did God choose us, He did it when only He could. Eternity passed, however you want to describe that. In the beginning, before the foundation of the world, Christ was with God and God created those whom He was going to create in Christ before the foundation of the world. Turn over to Corinthians, 1 Corinthians. It's page 952 in your pew Bible. I just want to walk you through some scripture. Another letter. This is the first letter of Paul to the Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Paul, called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and our brother Sosthenes. To the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, 
called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both our Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and that there be no division among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there is quarreling among you, my brothers. What I mean is that each one of you says, I follow Paul, or I follow Apollos, or I follow Cephas, or I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that no one may say that you were baptized in my name. I did baptize also the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs. And Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and a folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. He is the source of your life in Christ Jesus, whom God made our wisdom and our righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. Why did I read all that? I hope you heard and are hearing that God chose us before the foundation of the world. It's His work. It's interesting, as I read through, Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom. It's so easy to read over that. I'm not a Jew, I'm not a Greek. But I am, am I one who looks for signs? Do you look for miracles? Physical blessings might fall in that category. 
God, if you love me, do this. And I'll follow you. God did this in my life and now I'm going to follow him. I'm making a decision. Or maybe I'm on the Greek side. I'm going to work it all out. I'm going to have a debate. I'm going to read everything there is to read and I'm going to make my decision. And when it's logical to believe, I'll believe. Who gets the glory in that? Romans 8.15. You don't have to flip over there. It's page 944 if you want to make a note to go there this week. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. It's the age-old question. I don't know why it's so hard, but it's very hard for us to have a conversation about it. What is it? Salvation, being a Christian, whatever we call it. Many of us have sat under a lot of teaching. We've spent a lot of time pursuing something. We want to understand. We want to know how do we get saved? How do we stay there? Can we stay there? God keeps us there. No, we can sin and fall away. All of these questions. And it's so interesting that so many of the debates and so many of the things we talk about, some of the things we follow are not here. I'm, I'm desperate when it comes to salvation. I'm desperate when it comes to clinging to Christ. I want with all my might to cling to Christ. But I guarantee you tomorrow I will do something that will make me think I never knew him. And I'll read something in here that will rip my heart out. And I'll think, how in the world did I ever think I followed Christ? I'm disgusting. As I went through this word this week, I wish y'all knew the things that are apparent in me that if I had to count on me to follow Christ, I couldn't do it. Where does that leave me? How in the world can I make judgment about someone else? But I do it all the time. Where am I looking? Where am I looking to for my salvation?
I run back to here. Page 972. I so want to tell you what I think. It's so much better to read the Word. Galatians chapter 1. Make a note. Paul's letters. Read first chapter of each. Paul an apostle. Not from men. Nor through man. But through Jesus Christ and God the Father. Who raised him from the dead. And all the brothers who are with me. To the churches of Galatia. Grace to you. And peace from God our Father. Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins. To deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. To whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that, that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we are an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. And I'll say that while I'm trying to please man, I'm not a servant of Christ. For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. For you've heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my father's. But when he who had set me apart before I was born. But when he who had set me apart before I was born. And who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me. In order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. I did not immediately consult with anyone. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. But I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. What does all that mean? Where's Paul going? What's he doing? He says, I didn't go consult someone. I went to these other places. He was sharing the gospel. Pure and plain. He says, I didn't even see the other apostles until much later. I didn't go check the story out. When God was pleased to reveal his son to me. So we got it backwards in so many ways. Well, I won't, I won't assume you do. I'll say I, I have. You know, there's so many things that I'm showing God. I'm going to reveal to Him. God, this is who I am. I'm one of yours. 
I'm doing all the right things. I've got way more checks in the good column than the bad column. God, let me show you something. Let me show you who I really am. God, you know my heart. Oh, my goodness. You don't utter that without realizing, did I just say that? God knows my heart. He knows exactly who I am. God has a plan. God has a purpose. God has a good pleasure. Philippians 1, 29, page 980. If you want to flip, you don't have to flip. Maybe I'll back up to 27. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear... I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation, and that from God. For it has been granted to you, that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. It's been granted to you. Your belief in Christ has been granted you. First Thessalonians 1 4 says, For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. In Christ. I would love it if that was the thing we were looking for in here. Yes, there's salvation. There's inheritance. There's adoption as sons. And it's for those who are in Christ. How does it happen? It has happened. Page 989, 2 Thessalonians 2.13. 2 Thessalonians 2.13, is that what I said? But we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. To this he called you through our gospel. Some will say, if God does this choosing and God does this work, why aren't we here? This just alluded to it. We are given that ministry. That's another sermon. But that doesn't take that work out of God's hands. 
and place it in ours. It's not reason to go down that road. Titus 1.1, I'll just read it. Paul, the servant of God and apostle of Jesus Christ, for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness. What we're talking about this morning is truth. And it's a mindset that goes to God. It's spirit. It's spiritual. It doesn't go to man. It doesn't go to the flesh. It doesn't go to our ability. It doesn't go to works. It goes to God and to God alone. God's elect. Who is that? Who is God's elect? What does it mean to be God's elect? It means that God does the choosing. He is the one who makes that election. It simply places it in God's hand. Don't take it out. 2 Timothy 1, 8 and 9. Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me as partner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. If you are in Christ, God chose you in him before the foundation of the world. Before the ages began. 1 Peter 1. 18 to 21. Actually, verse 20. Now let's go to 18. Page 10, 14 in your pew Bible. 1 Peter 1. Knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for your sake, who through him are believers in God. Romans 9, page 943 in your Bible, Pew Bible. I would love to be able to take a little piece of this, and I'm going to encourage you, everywhere we've pulled a piece of Scripture, that you go back. And read that in context. There is a danger sometimes in plucking. Okay? But what I'm showing you is the truth of God repeated over and over in the Word. And it'll stand the test of you going and looking it up and walking through it. Some of these I'm reading the full chapter because you need to hear the full chapter. But for me to stand up here and, and tell you what I think... 
let's just put it this way. I trust this to be truth. Romans 9. There's some tough stuff here, some heavy stuff. Some stuff that if you've spent some time in another place in the Word, may be a little clearer. If there's anything that we read through this morning that you want a better understanding of, there are elders in this church that are available. There are teachers in this church who are available to walk with you. I am speaking the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience bears witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off, cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen according to the flesh. They are the Israelites, and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises. To them belong the patriarchs, and from their race, according to the flesh, is the Christ who is God over all, blessed forever. Amen. You have the Jews, the physical blessings. They had the presence of God. They had the ark. They had these physical things. They had their patriarchs. They had Abraham. If we're just part of Abraham, we're in. But it's not as though the word of God has failed. For not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel. And not all are children of Abraham, because they are his offspring. But through Isaac shall your offspring be named. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as offspring. The children of promise. For this is what the promise said. About this time next year I will return and Sarah shall have a son. And not only so, but also when Rebekah had conceived children by one man, our forefather Isaac, Though they were not yet born and had done nothing either good or bad, in order that God's purpose of election might continue, not because of words, but because of his call, she was told, the older will serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. Why was Jacob loved? Remember Scott sharing about Noah being a righteous man? Why was Noah righteous? Remember last time I shared with you, we were in Romans 10. We talked about righteousness, man's righteousness. It's all over the Old Testament, man's righteousness. But God said, that's not my righteousness. My righteousness is what? Is in who? In Christ So how was Noah righteous? Jesus hadn't gone to the cross yet. How are we in Christ? God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. Noah was chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. Jacob was chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. While he was in his mother's womb. He didn't get it. He didn't have it yet. What am I talking about? Understanding of everything. He hadn't said a prayer. He hadn't 
God's purpose, God's plan, God's good pleasure. What shall we say then? Is there injustice on God's part? By no means. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So it depends not on human will or exertion, Depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, for this very purpose I raised you up, that I might show, you, show my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. So then he has mercy on whomever he wills and he hardens whomever he wills. You've heard this before. You've heard it from this pulpit. It's a hard teaching. But to take that away is to say God's not the creator. Continuing here, it says, You will say to me then, why does he still find fault? For who can resist his will? But who are you, O man, to answer back to God? That's the answer. God is God. But I'll tell you right now. I'll stand in this pulpit today and I will say, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He is God. Today, if you believe that and you walk in that, you will... Live eternally. You will have an inheritance from God. I'll proclaim that. Some of you will believe and some of you will not. You've heard the testimony of his word this morning. Who is he to find fault? Will you walk away from it this morning? You've heard it. You can't say I've never heard. Well, what about the poor guy? What about the poor guy? That's taken care of in here too. Why? Because those who are in Christ Jesus were chosen in Him before the foundation of the world. God has a purpose and plan. No, He didn't throw things out there and say, okay, let's see what happens. It's not the truth. Before you utter something about God, go here. Be very careful. What you say is of God and not of God. And we do it all the time. I've done it. I'm confessing it. Don't go there. Let's go to Revelation 13. Page 1035. Revelation 13, 5. And the beast was given a mouth uttering haughty and blasphemous words, and it was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months. It opened its mouth to utter blasphemies against God, blaspheming his name and his dwelling, that is, those who dwell in heaven. Also, it was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them. The beast is going to conquer the saints? That in and of itself, if you saw it happening, you'd say, oh my goodness. God didn't win. In this epic battle of good and evil, God didn't win. Is the truth what we see? We treat it like it is a lot. But listen, 
And authority was given it over every tribe and people and language and nation. And all who dwell on earth will worship it. Everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb that was slain. God is God. Jesus Christ is God. They were before the foundation of the world. God created all things in and through Christ. We're going to spend some more time in Ephesians. We're going to see God's purpose and plan and His good pleasure. Your part in that. Who you are in that. How do you get to be in Christ? God does it. It's a stumbling block. This says it's a stumbling block. It's not Jesus plus. We've seen the law. What did the law do? Just made the offense greater. It pointed it out. God wasn't surprised by the garden and the fall of man. He didn't say, oh no, now I've got to create a Christ to fix this. Christ was with God before the foundation of the world. Let God be the creator. Let God have your mind, your, your life. That's what it means to die. Wonderful songs this morning, Scott. Wonderful. May the vision of God be the death of you. I pray for it. I pray for me. Man, I wish I would die. Everything in me that's not of Christ. That's what it means for Christ to live in us. Christ living in us. That's God's plan. Let's pray. Father, this morning as you, in your word, expose so much in us. So much, Father, that we desperately need deliverance from, need hope to climb out of. Father, we're in so desperate a need of Christ, Father, and we, we see it in our fleshly minds in such a wrong way in so many, so many ways. Father, we thank you for the truth of your word. Father, that in the simplest message, 
Father, that we can have peace and rest in Christ. That's where, our, where it comes from. Father, I pray that our striving, if there's any, would be to know You. To know Your truth. Father, draw us into Your Word. Father, by Your Spirit, reveal Your Son in us. Father, we cry for assurance. We want to know for sure. All the time, Father, we just entertain the flesh and sin. Father, you've called us to holiness, to be fully set apart for you. Father, I pray that we're learning what that is. But Father, give us truth. Set our eyes on truth. We thank you for your word. We thank you for Christ. Our hope is in him and him alone. Father, may your spirit do its work. In Jesus' name, amen.